0: On the season finale of crossover Thursday locked on Falcons host Aaron Freeman and locked on Bucks host David Harrison will preview the final battle in week 18 between the Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers where the young warrior Desmond Ritter will face off with the grizzled veteran Tom Brady.
1: You are locked on Falcons your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome to the season finale of Crossover Thursday, presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Of course, I'm Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons. Join. By David Harrison of Locked On Bucks to preview this week 18 matchup between the Falcons. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And of course, today is Crossover Thursday, it's presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun. It's easy to play. You're not competing against other players, it's just you versus the projections. All you got to do is pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It literally takes less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks. We know you'll love it too. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And guys, we thank everyone that makes Locked On Falcons and Locked On Bucks their first listen. Of course, is free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Bucks, Locked On Falcons. On your preferred podcast platform, including YouTube. So, David, my friend, this is the third time we've done a crossover uh, this year. So, we've gotten a lot of practice. We, we've had a lot of conversations about this Falcons team, uh, as well as the Bucks team and the Washington Commanders. But this week, heading into this Week 18 matchup, the Bucs have sort of secured their spot into the postseason. Took a lot longer than I think a lot of people thought it would going into the yeah. season. And, um, you know, I'm curious for you, what is sort of the big story this week now that seemingly there's a lot less pressure on this Bucs team to win uh, on Sunday?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the game, in the grand scheme of things, the game doesn't really – decide anything out for the for the Buccaneers that is I know the Falcons have you know draft spots and, and all that stuff on the line uh but for the for the Bucs I mean they're not going to improve from fourth in the NFC they're not going to get worse than the fourth uh spot in the NFC so that's they're pretty much just stuck where they are they're going to host a playoff game next weekend it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles and what they do has no, no bearing on which opponent uh comes to Raymond James Stadium I think you can make an argue for either one maybe you want the Cowboys because the Bucs have beaten the Cowboys. Granted, it was a long time ago in relative terms, or maybe you want the Eagles because you'd rather play the Eagles in Tampa versus potentially having to travel to play the Eagles. There's there's rationale for both, and I think both are correct in some way, shape, or form. But I think for me, Aaron, the biggest story week 18 for the Buccaneers is the fact that Todd Bowles is going to play his starters. Now – that should be taken with a grain of salt, right? He was asked at the beginning of the week about playing as starters, and he said, yeah, you know, I think we've got some things to do and and there's some, some things we want to improve in, so we'll go through the week and we'll see if we improve enough and da-da-da. So he hasn't really kind of like definitively put the fist down and said, no, Tom Brady and Mike Evans will get out there and they'll play four quarters. And even if they do do play, we don't know how long they're going to play. It could be two drives. It could be two quarters. It could be uh, the entire game, to be quite honest with you. But either way, they're to me, they're rolling the dice with, with playing around with injuries and – you know, I've I've made the, the statement on Lockdown Bucks that I don't think they should be playing their starters. And I know Todd also made the 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 point of, you know, they don't have a training camp roster. So it's not like you just bench every starter and put all the backups and they don't have that type of system. But, you know, the Tom Brady's of the world, Mike Evans, Chris Godwins, Antoine Winfield Jr.'s, Levante Davids, I would probably pull those guys. And I would put their backups in there and say, go get some some much-needed reps. Todd makes the point, and James Yarko of Lockdown Bucks disagrees with me and makes the point of they've only really played one good game all season and i mean really it's carolina panthers it really wasn't actually a full good game there were definitely some bad moments in that game and and they were trailing for a good amount of time so i and i see that but my point to that is you've already had 17 weeks to get it together for four full quarters i don't know why you're rolling the dice in week 18 but to me that is the biggest story is is putting those guys out there look if everybody comes out healthy it's going to be a non-factor and nobody's going to care well we know how this world works aaron if one of those key players, as I'm knocking on wood as I say this, comes up with an Achilles, an ACL, or something that prevents them from playing in a playoff game, everybody's going to point back to Week 18, and Todd Bowles has already been un- under fire for coaching decisions enough. Uh, you know, I-, I just think that he's 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 running a risk that isn't necessarily going to provide as much of an advantage as maybe some people think, including my own co-host, who
0: I love, but he knows I'm going to speak my mind. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, this situation with the Bucs reminds me of a similar situation with the Falcons back in 2012, where they yes. played the Bucks at the end of the season. John Abraham got hurt. You know, the Falcons were the one seed that really hurt their chances in the postseason. But that being said, um, you know, I think the Bucks playing their guys, you know, to sort of put a good game together. The Falcons are historically known for being a lot of teams get right game. So, you know, maybe James is on to something there uh, knowing the history of of this franchise in Atlanta, but I, you know, I I feel like the Falcons are turning a leaf on that, but from just selfish reasons, I need the bucks to play Tom Brady. Uh, If he has to play one snap, technically (laughs) that counts as a start for him. And that means if the Falcons find a way to win this game, then they will finally get their win against Tom Brady, even if it is a asterisk beside it, uh, given that Tom Brady is 10-0 and 0 against the Falcons historically. And, you know, I will defer to your expertise, David, on what you think Tom Brady will do next season. But, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like there's a decent chance that he may not be back in Tampa Bay. And if no. that's the case, the Falcons may never get another opportunity like this again, especially if he goes to one of these AFC teams. They do play the Titans. Uh, Next year, they do play the Dolphins. Those are teams that I think could possibly be in the running for, you know, pursuing Tom Brady if he does decides that he wants to leave Tampa Bay this offseason. There's been rumors about him going to New Orleans. So if that was the case, uh, that would certainly allow the Falcons another opportunity. But this is it. The Falcons need to take advantage of this opportunity. I don't know if they're going to get another shot to beat Tom Brady. It's for selfish reasons. I know half the people listening and watching Lockdown Falcons are, are yelling at their phone saying, you know, we're ruining our <laughs> draft chances. I don't care. We got to beat Tom Brady. I do not want this guy to own this for the rest of our lives, being able to yeah. dunk on the Falcons on social media or in his hall of fame speech or anything like this moving forward, knowing that he was undefeated against this football team. Yeah. It's, it's purely Absolutely. pettiness that he needs to play at least one snap this game, the first snap of the game. So that if the Falcons do find a way uh, to win this game, uh, they will get that much needed win over Tom Brady. So he can be 10 and one.
1: Hey, look, I don't, I don't blame you for that. Look, shout out real quick to David Shealy of wtsp 10 tampa bay he was actually james's guest on our wtsp wednesday episode yesterday usually it's evan klosky the sports director there but david stepped in because evan was sick david is from atlanta and mentioned the exact same 2012 situation and mentioned they talked about the exact same record um look i think that record actually matters tom i think the fact that tom brady has never lost. Uh, to some NFL teams is actually something. This is a guy who's he's all about his legacy. He's all about proving people wrong. The Atlanta Falcons passed them, passed him in the NFL draft, just like everybody else did. So he would love any team, all the teams, if he could. That's not possible, obviously. But the Atlanta Falcons are one of them, right? If he can retire and say that you passed me up in the NFL draft and you never beat me, even when I was in your division, giving you two shots uh, a, a year. Listen, if I'm Todd Bowles and that record matters to Tom Brady, which, like I said, I feel like it does, Here's what I'm doing, Aaron. This is gonna make all the Falcons fans mad. I'm gonna put Blaine Gabbert out there for the first snap. Probably just run it. Leonard for a net three yards in the cloud of dust, right? And then I'm gonna put Tom in for the quarter or two quarters. I'm gonna play my starters so that that way, even if the worst case scenario happens, you beat Blaine Gabbert. You didn't beat Tom Brady, which would then be a crazy mixture. Because what if the Falcons lead? You know, what if they play for two quarters? The Falcons actually had the lead, and then they pull Tom and they win the game anyway. All the Falcons fans are gonna say we beat Tom Brady, but officially. He didn't beat Tom Brady, you beat Blink Gabber. Yes. Uh, that's an idea. We need this Tom, game to the Bucks. Boil... Listen, somebody in the Bucks headquarters just heard me say that. Guys, that's
0: an idea. Maybe, maybe roll that one out there. I need this game to be super petty. You know, if the Bucks do that, I you know, I will respect the pettiness of yeah. the technicality. So um, this is this is what rivalry games are like. Right, David, like you, you just you do stuff to sort of twist the needle on the other team. You're like, OK, yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Todd Bowles does, because uh, I have emotional investment tied to his choice on whether or not Todd Brady. You know, as you say, the rest of the starters, of course, sit those guys. I understand. I don't want to see Mike Evans. I don't want to see Levante David and those guys, but I do want to see Tom Brady for at least one snap that opening snap in the game. So we will talk about some of those key matchups that could decide the outcome of this game. You know, depending on Tom Brady's performance and and other things, we'll talk a little bit about the Falcons quarterback and what they have going on as we continue today's uh, crossover Thursday guys. But uh, before we get there, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. They are the number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, analysis. And since I know you love listening to podcasts about sports, they also have those at BetOnline.net as well. And, of course, you can find all the lines for this weekend's actions of games. And, of course, the Falcons, last I checked, are four-point favorites. So that line has moved a couple of times over the course of this week. And clearly, Bet Online is seemingly giving the Falcons the edge because they're probably not expecting Tom Brady to at least play a full game here. And if you want to take advantage of that line, if you want to take advantage of all the lines and odds and trends for the NFL and every other professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to hockey, you got the Australian Open starting up later this month. Esports, they've got you covered at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline.net where the game starts and guys, I want you to thank you again for making lockdown Falcons and lockdown bucks. Your first listen each and every day for your second listen, check out the locked on NFL podcast. You're going to get those daily conversations about the biggest stories in the nfl on fridays you're going to get nfl key predictions monday you're going to get the local insiders like david and myself breaking down every game on the game to game episode so make sure you subscribe to locked on nfl on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts so david uh we're talking about some of the key matchups in this matchup and obviously we'll have to sort of see which of the bucks key players wind up playing in this game and as you seem to suggest i'm not You know, I'm known for my pessimism, but I'm not going to necessarily believe that they will trot out too many of their guys. If they do, it may be for a portion of the game. But regardless, I think of who's out there, uh, if the Falcons are going to slow down Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbert or even Kyle Trask in this game, I think a lot's going to rely on Grady Jarrett to have a monster game like he did in that first matchup. Uh, unfortunately, you know, everybody remembers the last sack he had on Tom Brady that uh, the officials, Jerome Boger and company, uh, decided that they saw a little differently than the rest of the world. Um, but, you know, Grady was dominant in that game. And it, I think it was a big reason why the Falcons were able to not only, you know, keep the Bucks from putting up a ton of points in that game. I know their offense has not been, you know, elite this year uh, mm-hmm. as expected, but they were able to sort of slow down that Bucks offense, get back into that game and be in a position to potentially, you know, tie it or take the lead late in that game. And okay. early in the season, Grady Jarrett was off to a great start and that game was one of them. Uh, but since then, you know, he's had a couple of standout games, but for the most part has sort of cooled off. And I think the Falcons are going to need him to, you know, basically wreck this offensive line. Um, I'm curious to see a guy like Donovan Smith, Is playing this game, but that interior for the Bucs offensive line, I know, has been a weakness throughout the season, and I think we need to see Grady Jarrett expose that again this week, because we know, even if it's Tom Brady or Blaine Gabbard, if you can't get pressure on any NFL quarterback, they will be able to find ways to pick you apart, especially with some of the weapons that the Bucs do possess, and they are very deep at that wide receiver position, so even if they sit some of those guys, they still have playmakers that can make plays in this game, so that's going to be a key matchup for me. Do we see Grady Jarrett you know sort of go out with a bang in this week 18 matchup
1: yeah I mean and look that's that's kind of one of the reasons I'm not really too too high on the Bucks playing their starters especially guys like Tom Brady in the first place I mean Grady like you said I mean he's got the potential to wreck this game in, in a heartbeat it only takes one hit or one awkward fall or, or whatever you know it doesn't even have to be deliberate to 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 ruin a postseason uh, postseason stretch the Bucs learned that and they lost Tristan worse last year um, and that wasn't you know no, I'm blaming a coaching decision on that one. That was just, you know, run-of-the-mill type of angle in- ankle injury just happens. But, yeah, absolutely, that's something that they've got to be uh, 100% aware of. You mentioned the playmakers that the Buccaneers have. If there is a playmaker that I think will see uh, extended playing time or at least enough playing time to do what he needs to do, that's wide receiver Chris Godwin. And, and some of you might be kind of curious, you know, or, or kind of saying, you know, what do you mean? Like, you don't want these guys to play, but now you're talking about Chris Godwin who's coming off an ACL and has also missed some time this season with other injuries. The reason I think Chris Godwin is going to get his burn in this game, Aaron, is because he is just nine catches away from setting the franchise record for catches in a single season. He's at 98 right now. Keyshawn Johnson holds the record currently with 106. So eight catches, ties him nine catches, gives him the record, his exact same amount of catches that Chris Godwin had last weekend. So if he does the exact same thing, he's got that Buccaneers record. We saw Mike Evans extend his own NFL record for 1,000-yard seasons as a receiver uh, to start consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, sorry, to start a season, now also only one of three receivers, Jerry Rice and Tim Brown, the other two, to have nine consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. And now Mike, next year, if he can get another 1,000 yards, he ties uh, that record with 10 consecutive, and then he'll go for number 11 uh, the year after that. It's a, it's amazing. Um, yet he's he's been to fewer than a handful of, of Pro Bowls, so explain that one to me. Um, Chris Godwin's already the first Buccaneer ever to receive to record multiple 90 plus catch seasons which is equal parts huge props to Chris and also equal parts look at how bad Buccaneers receivers have been, have been uh, historically so he's got a chance to make more Buccaneers history and look Mike Evans has all kinds of Bucs history so we need to let Chris Godwin get as much as he can while he can so I'm okay with Chris Godwin playing at least 9 snaps 9 targets 9 catches Look, I don't care if it's nine yards, okay? Get him his catches. Let's get him off the field before anything happens. But I think Chris Godwin's definitely going to – but if the Bucks are going to win, right, let's go there, um, then I think that Chris Godwin not only needs to have the nine catches but also needs to have them for more than nine yards. Let's go for like 79 yards uh, to give them an opportunity to hopefully get as big of a lead as they can before the, the stars sit uh, so that, you know, hopefully Kyle Trask. That's who I would want to see come and replace Tom Brady as uh, Kyle Trask and kind of take them the rest of the way. Aaron – before we get to our next matchup, though, I got a question. You obviously have the pulse of the Falcons fans. I don't. Um, I've got one Falcon fan that I talk to routinely, and I haven't talked to him about a week because I haven't been at work. Would Falcons fans rather? So currently, right, the Falcons, if I know correctly, sit in seventh place in the NFL, or seventh overall in the NFL draft. Can, can move as high as sixth with a loss. Can't move in the top five, but could fall out of the top 10 if you get a win this weekend. Would Falcons fans rather have a top 10 draft pick? and most likely have to lose this game or put a one in the loss column for Tom Brady against Atlanta. Uh,
0: that's a, that's a complicated answer, David, because I, I talked to a lot of Falcon fans and uh, you know, they are not a monolith in, in that regard. There was a vocal group of them that think the draft pick is everything, yeah. but I would probably guess the majority would prefer to beat Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. The majority I can see that actually are, you know, they want to see their team win football games. And especially, yeah. I think it's important given, you know, the concerns and question marks surrounding the Falcons quarterback position. And so I think that's another sort of great segue into the, sort of the key matchup is going to be Desmond Ritter against his Bucks defense. Now, you know, it, it would certainly help Desmond Ritter if the Bucks decide that they want to sit, you know, Vita Vea and Levante David and, and Devin White and Carlton Davis and all, all, all the guys, <laughs> you know, uh, it would make it a lot easier for him um, to go against this defense, um, but I do, you know, I, I do want to see how he he fares against a pretty solid Bucks uh, defense. You know, that a Todd Bowles led uh, defense is going to be well coached, regardless of who are the players out there. And one of the things I'm interested to see in this particular matchup. Uh, is sort of how the Falcons handle play calling, how they handle sort of their pass protection. Because the last mm-hmm. time they played the Bucs, they were pretty conservative with their play calling, running a lot of play action, a lot of max protect. And that was something I think the Bucs really sort of keyed on, that they did not bite on the play action that the Falcons were running. But over the last you know month or so, the Falcons have sort of dialed back, you know, not necessarily the play action, but the max protect because they – are a lot more confident in their pass protection. And I'm I'm curious to see if they feel that same level of confidence heading going against a Bucks front that can be formidable, that can uh you know do some damage against this uh you know Falcons offensive line. And so I'm, I'm basically wondering if they're going to let Desmond cook, as they say, uh, and, and be, you know, get out there and start slinging it. Or are they going to just rely on running, uh, the football? And I think how Desmond Ritter handles those potential responsibilities in this game will go, you know, a significant way to determining, um, if he is their guy. So I think for that reason, a lot of Falcon fans are certainly concerned about, uh, their future at the quarterback position. And obviously that is potentially tied to the draft position. So it, it's kind of a, a win-win in, in certain ways where if, if Ritter plays well, uh, it gives you a lot more confidence and you don't yeah. necessarily mind winning the game if it goes that way. And if he plays poorly and then you potentially lose the game. And that means that you're a, a little bit closer to, you know, picking potentially one of the top quarterbacks at the top of the 2023 draft. So um I would say to answer your question, I think most Falcon fans would like to see Ritter and and this team play well enough to win.
1: That's perfectly fair. Look, if Desmond Ritter takes over the cook, like let Desmond cook uh, saying, then we need to see a video of him for the stadium, Jumbotron, next year of him saying, Falcons country, let's fly. I think that (laughs) that needs needs to happen. Um, the, The last matchup I've got, Aaron, is the Buccaneers defense versus the Falcons rush attack. And, you know, I think when you're talking about a young quarterback, running game, tight end, typically those are kind of your two best friends. Uh, as much as Buccaneers fans hate seeing the Bucks run on first and 10, the Atlanta Falcons are actually leading the NFL in rushing on first and 10. That's an interesting uh, stat note that I found uh, that I thought Bucks fans would. I don't know if they'll appreciate it, but I think it's just interesting because uh, a lot of running on first and 10 this year for the Buccaneers. Um, they're second in the league, the Falcons are in uh, rushing yards per carry on first and 10s. Uh, but I've also thrown the ball on third and five or less, fewer than 40 times all year. So what that tells you is that effective first and ten running a game is putting the Atlanta Falcons in situations where they don't have to throw the ball a lot on third downs. So if you're the Buccaneers defense, you need to contain that first and ten rushing attack. Keep them under four yards, under three yards, preferably put the Falcons in some third and five, third and six, third and seven situations where they're obviously going to be a little bit less successful because they have to throw the ball, and that's just naturally going to be less successful. Interestingly enough, though, the the Atlanta Falcons actually have like a 42% third down conversion rate when throwing the ball on third and eight, which was kind of weird. Like six, seven, nine, ten, it's where you think it was like 11%, 12%. But third and eight, it's like 40%. So if the Falcons have a lead late, do not let them get a third and eight bucks defense. If they're at third and eight, look, let them get another yard, make it third and seven you got a better chance to stop it, apparently. So just interesting numbers. Uh, but, yeah, that 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 Falcons rush attack, obviously something you want to contain. Put the ball in Desmond's hand. Make him make the the, the Falcons win. Uh, but specifically on first and 10, that, that 4.9 yards uh, per carry is insane.
0: Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us with the key matchups, but we still got more to come here on today's crossover Thursday presented by prize picks. And we'll give you our final predictions uh, for this upcoming matchup to see whether the bucks or Falcons will take care of business in this week, 18 matchup. And we'll get into that as we continue today's Locked On Falcons and locked on bucks crossover Thursday.
1: But first, if you're looking for a delicious treat and you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to try Built Bar. And if you're a loyal Lockdown listener, you've probably already heard of Built Bar. you probably already tried Built Bars. If not, though, we just got through the holidays and your goal might be to eat a little bit healthier. Maybe you want to lose some weight. Everybody's got resolutions uh, to, to go after. If you're going to do that, you got to try Built Bar. Put them in your system. Put them in your strategy, your plan, and you'll be successful. Built Healthy can actually taste good. Seriously, there's no, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. I've got a brownie a peanut butter brownie bar sitting right in front of me because I had as a snack as I was preparing for this episode. So they're perfect for all those resolutions. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, not fake chocolate, not sugar replacement chocolate, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, like I said, I have right in front of me, and coconut almond if you are a coconut fiend. I'm not sure how they do it, but these bars taste like candy bars while containing amazing macros. And again, they're even, they're, they taste great, but they're even healthier for you. Only 130 calories and four grams of sugar, excuse me, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to wait around for a box. All of you have been ordering through the, through the mail. You can go to built.com still, or you can go to your local Walmart or your, your local Sam's club. I've got Costco, so I'm out of luck. <clears throat> excuse me. But if you've got Sam's club, you can go handle your business that's right you can head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars get a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs you haven't tried the built puffs you're missing out so if you're close to sam's club run in grab a 13 bar box of the hit flavors brownie batter and churro you can thank us later when you get your box of built bars
0: so, guys, we're going to wrap up today's crossover Thursday presented by Price Picks, giving you our sort of final predictions for this matchup. And obviously, there's a lot up in the air with this game, particularly on the Bucs side, because we don't quite know uh, who's going to play. But, David, I'm curious, does that cause you to lean a certain way in terms of the outcome of this game?
1: Um, Honestly, I think the the odds makers are kind of setting things up because... I just don't think there's a lot of people that are gonna take the Falcons with the points. Like I, I just I I, I think it's gonna force a lot of money line bets. And I think I'm not a bookmaker, but it feels like that's a, a less riskier proposition for the house. If that makes sense, I, I could be completely wrong. If somebody out there knows more about odds making than I do, by all means, educate me and probably a lot of other people uh, as well. But I do. I think that Falcons line, the the, the uh, favorite by four is basically a we assume that the Bucks are not going to play their starters either at all or for a long time. Um, but that being said, the Bucs are fairly deep, not in all the great places. Right. Offensive line certainly could use some more depth, but they are fairly deep in some places. Keyshawn Vaughn running back has shown an ability to do some things. Giovanni Bernard would probably love to give Tampa media a good reason to talk to him um, and welcome them to his locker. I have the Buccaneers winning this game. Um, I think it's going to be a fairly similar score to what we saw last time, which was 21-15. I think it's going to be 21-17 this time, so they get a little bit closer, partially because, like I said, I I don't think the Stars play the whole game. But also Atlanta, I think they're a better team than maybe some people give them credit for. And if I'm wrong, you could uh, freely correct me. You know I'm a fan of Desmond Ritter. Um, I, I just got off the phone with Coach Phil Longo, who's now in Wisconsin, with Coach Luke Fickle, who I was a fan of as well. So that Cincinnati tie. Uh, is there but yeah bucks 21 Falcons 17 four points going the other way so I think that's uh that's that's my prediction and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to it even though we have no idea exactly what's gonna happen with the buccaneers when they take the field
0: yeah, I get that. I I, I kind of agree with you when it comes to that line, that four-point line. The Falcons, I think, have beaten one team by more than four points this season. That was the yeah. 49ers back in Week 6. They did beat, I think, the Browns or the Seahawks earlier this season by four points. But pretty much every other win the Falcons have had has been by a field goal or less. So if they're going to win this game, even if it's going up against Blaine Gabbert for the majority of or Kyle Trask, it's probably going to be a field goal or less. So I don't necessarily expect the Falcons 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 to cover that line, but, you know, I got to pick the Falcons here because this is, this is the only chance I'll get to really realistically be able to pick them against Tom Brady ever. Uh, So, you know, you know, outside of that one game that didn't go our way, but we're not talking about that on today's episode. Don't want to bring it down. Uh, (laughs) You know, I, I think the Falcons will probably win this game. It'll probably be sort of a low scoring affair, probably like 21 to 20, something like that. You know? Maybe a situation where maybe, you know, 24, 23, something like that, where like a young way coup field goal is the thing that sort of decides it in the end. Um, but, you know, with those final predictions out of the way, you know, David, let the people know, let's do a little bit of a recap, sort of what is the big story for the Bucks, uh this week, as well as some of those key matchups that you'll be focused on.
1: Yeah, uh, for me, it's the fact that the starters are going to play at all. And again, you know, Todd hasn't committed to which starters, so I can't get too upset about it. But unlike my co-host James Yarko uh, and apparently members of the 10th Tampa Bay WTSP studio, who I have great respect for and some Bucks fans, honestly. Um, I disagree. I think the Bucks starters, the stars, I'll put it that way, not starters. I'll put stars should be sitting. But if they're going to play, I'm looking at Chris Godwin number 14 in your programs, number one in your hearts, to try and get nine catches minimum against this Falcons secondary. Uh, and I think I deserve a lot of props for not diving to the PFF grades on the Falcons secondary, so I'm going to leave that alone. Um, but also, if the Bucs are going to get a win in this game, which they don't really need to, other than if Tom Brady plays at least one snap, the first snap uh, of the game, I think that the Bucks defense stopping that 4.98 yards per carry first down Falcons' rush defense is absolutely key to them doing so.
0: Absolutely. And the big story of the week is basically are the Bucs going to play Tom Brady so the Falcons uh, can get that win as the big story for the Falcons and piggybacking on that sort of the Bucks gearing up to stop the run on first down. Does that lead to the Falcons letting Desmond Cook? Setting Ritter, Cook, whatever you want to call it, whatever hashtag you want to use by letting him sling it uh, against a, a Bucks defense. That is certainly formidable and opening up this offense to sort of really see what Desmond Ritter can can bring to the table as sort of his final chance to audition for that starting job next year. And on the defensive side of the ball, the key matchup to focus on is going to be Grady Jarrett against that interior offensive line, regardless of Tom Brady. Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask, whoever is under center. I hope he gets harassed all day long because mm-hmm. Grady Jarrett dominates the interior of that Bucks defensive line of weakness for them all season long, just as he did in that week five matchup. And hopefully Jerome Berger won't be out there to, to blow some uh, roughing the passer. Uh, penalties in this game but Mm. that's going to do it for us here on today's crossover thursday and you gave a shout out to david shealy earlier i'll give a shout out to david shealy as well a a past guest here on locked on falcons many 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 years ago uh know, i remember him coming on here and complaining about kyle shanahan uh and his (laughs) play calling uh that's how that's how far me and david go uh way back so um that's gonna do it for us here guys uh, on today's crossover Thursday. Of course, we'll keep you covered for more insight into this matchup for the rest of the week, both on Locked On Falcons and Locked On Bucks. Make sure you uh, check out Price Picks as well as Built Bar and Bet Online. Uh, and make sure you check out Locked On NFL for your second listen. Subscribe to it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. That's going to do it for us here on crossover Thursday. I want to thank all the Bucks fans and Falcons fans for tuning in for another one, we will be back, David, hopefully, many times in 2023 to do many more Sir. crossovers. But uh, it was very fun while we did so many crossovers this year, so uh, I, I will miss you because it feels like you have been the de facto co host here on my <laughs> phone.
1: I don't have that de facto part of my paycheck. <laughs>
0: I'll I'll talk to the CEO and see what he can do for you. (laughs)